This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning. Welcome to Resource Centre. This is Audrey Raj. Now, as we bid farewell to 2022, here on Resource Centre, we are looking back at some of the major trends that have shaped work, the workforce and the workplace this year. And this week, we have Simon Dale, Managing Director of Southeast Asia and Korea at Adobe on the show with us uh, to share with us some insights into how the creator economy has evolved uh, over 2022 and what to expect from this creative segment in the year to come. Welcome back to Resource Centre, Simon. Always a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you, Audrey. It's great to be back again. So uh, before we jump into trends and the future of work for the creator economy, maybe we should just be clear about what the creator economy entails. Now, from what I understand, it is the economy empowering people who are monetizing their content, goods and services online by leveraging their own creativity, talents and passion. Now, is this accurate? Because I stole the definition from Adobe. <laughs> it is when you look at it from a monetization point of view. But mm-hmm. in our future of creativity study, what we've also identified is that nearly half the people who say that they're creating things do it for their own benefit, do it, do it for their own mental well-being, their own pleasure and, and wanting to express themselves more freely, as well as people who make a career out of it or make it as a kind of side hustle or part mm-hmm. of their job to increase the money that they make. Mm. Now, um, I want to just start with general trends, you know, with the growing creator economy uh, in this part of the world, what are some of the observations? What are some of the trends that you've seen this year alone? Yeah, well, we see that it's about 25% of people are doing this around photography and video, creative writing and and publishing all, all, all of that into social media spaces. And of course, there are the influencers as well, whose whose sole goal is to monetize things and try and use this this creativity. But there's also, as I said, half of people are just motivated by doing things for the the benefit of expressing themselves in this medium. Mm. Now, um, I you know we talk so much about influencers and you know, uh, and we generally think you know social media, we think influencers and all of that. But you know, what is the difference? between being a creator and part of this creator economy and an influencer? Is there a way that we can separate them? Yeah, there's an easy definition for what classifies as an influencer, and that is that people who have more than 5,000 followers on social media and who are promoting themselves and their own personal brand as a way to amplify their own content, or in some cases, using third-party products, marketing those, that kind of thing. So, But it's that 5,000 follower threshold, which we tend mm. to find is a, an influencer metric. Mm. Okay. And the rest are all creators. Yeah. The, the people who are professionals or non-professionals who are wanting to expre- express themselves with, with images, and, and they may be doing that on social media, but they may be doing it for their own benefit of, of doing these things, printing them out or sharing them with friends. Uh, it could be people making short films or just doing family videos, friends mm. videos, videos of a band, for example, mm. and wanting to have a sort of professional touch to it. Yeah. So now when we think about influencers, you know, we typically think 
um, that they are people who, you know, make a living through social media. Uh, but I know from Adobe's recent future creativity survey that influencers only make up that uh, a, a, a tiny bit, uh, just about ten percent. Or you know, you correct me if I'm wrong of the of the creator economy, right? So, who makes up? the rest of the the creator economy what are they doing you know aside from the, these for photography and like you know just filming stuff and maybe recipes and stuff like that but like what who else makes up the rest of the creator economy give us some examples yeah so you have different different generations for a start actually doing all of this and we found that uh, actually gen z creators are the ones that that wanting to monetize their work and actually prefer to do that by starting their own business. And mm. some of them, rather than say going to college and studying a different kind of degree for a, for a different type of career. So the people who are seeing this creative economy as, as a way of, of running their career for themselves. Uh, then you've got the people who are professionals who need to do some creativity. And that could be all types of industries and all types of jobs. Some could be in the business of, say, making adver advertisements uh, for the, an agency or something like that. But some may be working for corporates who are moving more and more into the digital economy, mm. which requires more content. And so people are finding that as part of their normal job, say they're in marketing or they're in branding, or even if they're in product management and, and design, say you're in the, in the auto industry, you're in design, your work may end up in the digital channel promoting the products that you're, mm. you're designing, right, or that you're needing to market. So everybody now is becoming more part of this creator economy. Right. No, I mean, speaking about the uh, future creativity survey, was there anything in this report, Simon, that you found especially interesting uh, or that you found surprising? Can you give us uh, some like key highlights from the report itself and what you've learned about the creator economy? Yeah, so what we've, we've seen is that, that people who are monetizing, uh, it's really interesting as to where they're seeing that monetization trends these days. A particularly big area for people monetizing their skills is in gaming. And that's not just as a game developer, but it could be people participating in games. And there's these whole new platforms for things like the, the NFT world in, in the Web3 world, and also some of the metaverse stories, both on a commerce side and on a corporate side, where people are needing a new kind of experience in the digital world. And this is a new opportunity for people who think differently about creativity, rather than thinking of a, a 2D image, yeah, there's this 3D world and mm. people are starting to, to think differently and build the skills for that. And that's that's gaming, it's commerce. And then there's still more and more demand for photography to be uh, developed and not, not just have nice pictures taken and slightly enhanced, but to have some real creativity in using those photographs as part of other things like marketing campaigns or promotions for tourism or promotions for a small business. And all of that is, is again, combining the, 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 the traditional, what would be considered creative skills of photography and video shooting to this more creative addition to that, which is editing those and enhancing them in different ways, which were not so easy before. That's the thing, right? We've come such a long way. 
Alright, uh, we are going to take a quick break for some messages uh, but when we come back we talk about how being an influencer may uh, how sustainable it is you know to actually be an influencer in the long term and also we'll get Simon's thoughts on the future of work uh, in the creator economy moving forward all that and more happening on Resource Centre stay tuned BFM 89.9 Perkins for Mama, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You are listening to Resource Centre. It is our year in review with Simon Dale, Managing Director of Southeast Asia and Korea at Adobe. And he's talking to us about the creator economy and sharing some insights on what's happened in the year 2022. Now, um, Simon, uh, I know Adobe has long invested uh, and supported the creator economy, not only um, with your tools, but also actual physical support, um, community events, engagement sessions, uh, online um, sessions as well, things like that. And I know the game plan is uh, for Adobe is to go local. Uh, so what would you say has been Adobe's impact in the local creator economy? Uh, what are you guys doing to support the local creators? Talk to us about uh, recent events. Yeah, sure. Uh, of course, we, we, we invest a lot in, in our technology. And one of the things about going local is making that more accessible, right? And mm. there's a couple of ways that I'd like to point out we, we're trying to do that more. One is that we've, we've launched something called Adobe Express, which is a, a lighter weight version of our products accessible through web browsers. So you don't need to have a powerful computer in order to download or install software and, and have super powerful chips to be able to, to do these things. You can actually do this through a web browser. And we've also made some of that free, even for small businesses to use and start learning how some of the, the capabilities to create flyers or, or nice posters for their, their shops or, or brands on, on e-commerce uh, more accessible. The other thing that that brings is also for the existing creators to share their content and collaborate with more people more mm. easily. Uh, because today, or the traditional way is I've got a big, say, Photoshop file, and I have to probably put it on a thumb drive to take it somewhere to somebody or wait for a very long time for it to upload over a slow connection. Mm. And so with the Adobe Express capabilities, everything's up in the cloud. And the web browser is a lot more convenient and lightweight way to access this and also for it to be shared with people who don't even have an Adobe license. They can still access and collaborate on uh, reviewing an image if somebody's preparing it for them, for example. So that's one way of, of, of us addressing accessibility. And then more on the ground, for example, in Malaysia, we do work with the Ministry of Higher Education to make sure that our creative tools are made available to higher education institutions in Malaysia so students can have access and start learning these skills and look at the creative economy as a way of them developing their career or even just building some of the basic skills that employers would want out there. We also work with like Sunway University and Taylor's University to help on specific curriculums to teach people this. And we also have our local influencers like Ramez and Nahija who uh, do great things for us using those social media channels with our tools and, and the great content that they produce. Yeah. Um, okay, so like before the break, I, I mentioned that we talked to you about um, sustainability in terms of being an influencer. Now, we've seen uh, conversations locally, especially about how being an influencer may not be sustainable in the long term. And 
yet we see a growing number of creators every day, you know, in hopes of, you know, hitting that, like you just, um, uh, well, defined for us, that 5,000 threshold. Um, so what motivates these creators, you know, despite the lack of financial stability, despite how competitive um, the nature of being an influencer is and, you know, having this money spread out over all of them, you know, you know what motivates them? Yeah, well, I, I think the, the basic thing that we found from our study is four out of 10 people who monetize in the creative economy are making more money than they were two, two years ago. So there's a definite upward trend of people having the ability to build a business in this creative economy and to, to see that business improve. So you've got that one statistic. And then you see that you've got maybe almost 20% of people uh, are business owners already in the creative economy. And, and a good sort of 50% would like to start their own business at some point. So you're seeing that, the, that down at the ground level, there's definitely an understanding that the opportunity is there. And there's some of the proof points that you can build a sustainable business model by entering that creative economy. Now, it doesn't have to be that it is a full-time job, of mm. course. It could be mm. a side hustle, or it could be something that enhances your, your CV to make you more employable in, in a more traditional job in a, in a bigger company, right? But you still have these creative skills which are going to be useful to that company. Could it be in the branding or the marketing or, or any kind of outreach and communications role within those big brands as well? Are there any new uh, segments or avenue that you see these creators, you know, coming into other than, than gaming, like you mentioned earlier? You know, is there something to look forward to, new platforms for the creators uh, to dive in? Uh yeah, I, th I think one of the interesting things, I kind of mentioned it briefly earlier, is this whole world of, of 3D. I won't use the word, word metaverse again too much because it mm. really is um, maybe overhyped a little bit. But what we're seeing is that, that as you get more powerful cloud services, you get more powerful devices, phones, tablets, and so on, that the world of, of gaming and um, video interaction and all of these different new ways of people communicating with each other always require better and better experiences, right? If you look at some of the old games, they they were very simple and simple graphics. Now they're super rich. My, my, mm. my son reminded me that, that I had a, a particular game account recently and I hadn't touched the thing for, I think, three years. And so I opened it up and I was like, wow, look at the quality of these graphics now. They're completely different as they were mm. three years ago. So all of this places more demands for people to develop that content, to express their creativity. And it's amazing uh, just you know, how much that technology moves on. And I'd say one of the big trends at the moment is this 3D space, mm. really having photorealistic experiences in 3D, whether it's on a 2D screen like, like we're using now or it's in uh, you know, VR headsets. That is a big trend that we're seeing, and we're starting to help people with our substance tool set. We just recently announced last week a new addition to that, which is a, a zero-code way of people modeling 3D things so they can mm. produce this content more easily, right? So this is the way that we see a, a big trend. Whether or not it ends up in the metaverse or it's called something else, we do see a big demand coming for this super realistic 3D content that we're preparing everybody for. 
Right. Interesting. Uh, now, Simon, before I let you go, um, what I have to do during these year in review sessions is to ask you to look into your crystal ball and tell us um, what the future of work uh, for the creator economy, for the creative economy, what is it going to look like um, you know, in the year to come or in the years to come? And if you can give us a, a local perspective as well, you know, what's, what's it going to look like in Malaysia and in the Asia Pacific region? Yeah, sure. I think in Malaysia, in Southeast Asia in particular, we were still seeing a, a big maturity in investing in the technology which underpins demand for creative mm. content. So you look at the broadband penetration improving, the, the mobile device penetration improving, the rollout of 5G, so you have faster bandwidth, and the costs of all this reducing. So that removes the friction, and that increases the demand for people to have better experiences in this digital world, and that increases the demand for content. So we certainly see that that, that is a, a nice cycle and, and loop of demand for the creative economy. I, I also use, uh, sorry, I also look after the career business for Adobe. And I was recently just doing some, some studies and talks up there as well about the future of work. And, and up in Korea, I'm sure you've heard of the Korean wave or Hallyu, mm. as they call it, right? Um, there's even an exhibition in London this summer about, about the whole thing. And that is now uh, over a, a $10 billion export economy for Korea. Wow. as part of their, their business, right? And there are tens of, of, of uh, millions of people doing creative work all over the world and a large proportion of that in Korea are doing all this export and people are winning awards, right? So that's that's showing you the kind of potential opportunity there is for people to participate in something that's significant to the GDP of countries. And, and I think with Malaysia having really good infrastructure investments for, for many, many years and a good investment in the right kind of levels of education. And some of our education partners there should be able to help people to develop these digital skills, which would take them into this path as well. Right. Thank you, Simon, uh, for sharing your insights with us. Uh, it's always a pleasure having you on the show. Good to be uh, with you again, Audrey. Thank you very much. Uh, for more on our year in review special on topics like digital transformation and human capital, join us again same time next week on Resource Centre. Till then, this is Audrey Raj signing off for Enterprise BFM 89.9. Listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.